everybody, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open minded musings of two mid 40s curmudgeons bravely staring down the prospect of their impending entertainment irrelevance. I am your co host. My name is Noah Tarno. I'm talking to you from the lovely city of San Francisco, California, and I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular, and joining me all the way, nine hours of time zone difference away in the city of Amsterdam, the Netherlands. My name is Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and sole proprietor of American Caesar Enterprises, which is pretty much just an organ harvesting racket that I built up a few years ago. That's why you moved to Amsterdam. It's pretty much the the nexus of the illegal organ trade in the Western If you're world. looking for correct? a kidney, my friend, let me tell you something. The middle of Europe is the best place. People don't even realize they're gone by the time you wake up. Uh, on this show, we talk about something that's hot, that's new, usually in pop culture, of the moment the kids are into and uh, you know we kind of give it a whirl and and talk about what we think of it and today uh we're striking while the iron's hot for sure but this is not a musician this is not a tv show this is not a movie uh this is not a food none of our usual topics we are talking about a word we are talking about a word a unit of the english language and it is a word that has existed since the 13th century and that word is t-h-e-y they but we are specifically talking about a new merriam-webster sanctioned proper definition of the word they announced this week or maybe last week sometime recently but merriam-webster's has officially added a fourth definition of the pronoun they and i'm quoting merriam-webster's online right now quote used to refer to a single person whose gender identity is non-binary. See non-binary since C. And the example they give is, I knew certain things about the person I was interviewing. They had adopted their gender-neutral name a few years ago when they began to consciously identify as non-binary. That is neither male nor female. So yes, they, it has been uh, something I have independently noticed the last few years. Out here in San Francisco, I am acquainted with quite a few uh, LGBTQ people, uh, many of them uh, identify as non-binary, neither entirely male nor female, and I know several people whose preferred pronoun is they, and uh, they, their, them. I've been to many events where I've been handed a hello, my name is sticker and asked to add my pronoun. My pronoun is he and him, as it has been all my life. This has become a news story. Some people, uh, this kind of follows on the heels of about five years ago, when Webster's and other sources officially began sanctioning they uh, singular to mean a non-specific, you know, for years they said it's not valid to say, oh, someone left their cell phone here. I hope they come back to get it. You know, that's a singular person, but non-specific. And for years, uh, grammar scolds were like, you shouldn't say that. I hope he or she comes back to get it. But, you know, the force of usage won out. And several years ago, the powers that be sanctioned they to mean a non-specific person. And now it means a specific person. And of course, we are in an era where the concept of non-binary, even on top of the concept of uh, uh, transgender, trans men, trans women, and by converse, how most of us are cis men and cis women, uh, how that concept has become more mainstream, whether it's actors like Laverne Cox, whether it's this MTV show called, what is the show called? Do you love me? I'm not, who, who do I love? I'm not familiar, but that's okay. All the articles we read mentioned it. There's some MTV dating reality show. Are you the one? 
which counted non-binary folks among its cast members. And then a big news story uh, recently is Sam Smith, a big pop singer, announced that they are no longer uh, preferring the pronoun he, him. They identify as non-binary, even though they appear very much to the, the lay person as male, uh, that Sam Smith's preferred pronouns are they and them, uh, which of course got some backlash. People said, oh, he, you know, these are the backlash people. He uh, just wants publicity for his new album. And you know what? Yeah, I think they do want publicity for their new album. I still think their, you know, their gender expression is sincere nonetheless. That showbiz. You mine your personal details in the right place in the right time for publicity. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, the binary view of gender is definitely breaking down in our culture. And the emergence, the sanctioning of they as a pronoun to prefer to referred to a specific singular person uh has uh has reached definitely reached the mainstream now with its official dictionary sanctioning so bill what do you think of they i just want to preface by saying that for a podcast like ours which does a lot of uh, piss taking and and shit talking of various (laughs) things we do yes we do enter into this um discussion you know with a lot of sensitivity we're the podcast name maybe i don't get it and has this facetious nature of of us as uh, statler and waldorfs who just are, are shitting on everything yeah, that in we, sight. That we piss on every... Yes, we have we have had people without listening to the podcast assume we hate every topic we look at. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, and of course, anyone who listens knows that that's not the case. We do try to be very fair and even-handed. And not just fair and even-handed, but the whole you know raison d'etre of this show is that we are experiencing something for the first time as if we were just a native uh, intaker of that medium and or experience. I think that this is... Uh, it's funny because we're... This is... Uh, I don't know how big it was. I mean, I read the Sam Smith stuff and the Merriam-Webster. And I was the, the quote I got from Peter Sogolowski, the guy who was the editor of, of Merriam-Webster, when they were, I think it was Time or USA Today, one of the gigantic you know, media plexes were, were talking to him about it. You know, this is a guy who is, I'm sure he sits in an office, glasses perched on the end of his nose, an office filled with books and newspapers, and he just does the job. There's nothing activist about Merriam-Webster. They merely look at words for what he, what yes. he says, frequency. Um, yes. And in fact, his exact words were, there's no committee or, or advocacy. Uh, one of the biggest requirements for a word being considered a word for inclusion is how it's, or how often it's used. He says frequency is the difference. The whole topic of us discussing this as if any of it matters to anybody, as if anybody gets an opinion on it, is going to be so quaint. And I hope it happens really soon, but I know that it's not because we're still hashing out the effects of slavery and civil rights when we all thought those things were just taken for granted. I mean, I should say we, the white people, thought, I'm sure black people knew the whole time that the fix was in. But but for the, you know, for the purpose of this, I can't believe that anybody gets to have an opinion or, or on this. And, you know, I've, I've seen that you have some William Sapphires of the world, not using him in particular, people who would who would bust balls just based on grammar saying no that's not the way the language is used and i i never take that as that's facetious i think anyone who says that i think is just masking a phobic you know the disbelief that people can have non-binder non-binary gender right non-binder people people don't i identify as a trapper keeper that's that's my new thing one of those blue canvas binders I used. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. You know, there's this whole block of people who have a lot of steam now. These reactionary freaks who are somehow being given any kind of credibility. Like we're supposed to kowtow or, or maybe somehow believe that their uh, disbelief that there is such a thing as non-binary gender has any credibility or any credence.
credence, yeah. which, as we all know, it doesn't. But we're we have to act as if those people are somehow credible. And I, I think that's or, or that or that they're arguing in good faith. You're right. Maybe that's even a better. It's a better position. They're arguing. They're not arguing in good faith. And I do think that the pushback of people using the language as if the language. Well, sorry, we did all we can. The language says what it is, so I can't break the language laws. You know, we have to use the Queen's ing the received pronunciation, and you know, they is this. It's like no, we're not. It's it's people who are really pushing back at the whole idea that well you know someone just decided to pick their uh, you know whatever big hairy men as ben ben carson said big fuzzy yeah. men trying to get into yeah. women's shelters all this all this horse shit about yeah, people you know yeah. in complete disbelief it makes no sense that you know the word listening to them at all i have an opinion the opinion is that this is long overdue that this is coming from people who say this is what it is i believe you i trust you you tell me what it is i sit back and i listen i sit back and i receive the information i'm fine you know i don't get to push back i don't get to say that this is a thing i mean i don't even have a reaction like that but i mean more to the point you know this this is we're all better suited by just listening to other people and what they tell us let me let me ask you something what if your name was ron and and every time someone talked to you, they, they yelled over your voice and they kept calling you Virgil. You know what I mean? It's like, obviously, after a while, it's a fucking thing. It's it's a game that they're playing with you to fuck you up. That's the reason yeah. why they're doing it. They're not just yeah, like... they're trolling. They're, they're trolling. trolling you. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, who was it? Was it Laura Ingram who went on and was like using a straw and a light bulb? And like... Oh, God. It, it's, there's a whole, you know, the whole right wing is just, I want to I want to make liberals cry. Like, it's yeah. just based on grievance. There's, they don't really care. But anyway, what, what about yeah. you? I mean, where, how do you, well, uh, how, you, how, do you how do you take all this? You get at something. So I am, uh, in my past career, I was uh, a copy editor. I was the chief copy editor at Time Out New York Magazine. So I was very much engaged in grammar for a long time. And this is a topic I'm very interested in because I, I think about words a lot. I talk about words a lot. I've read many books about words. You get at an ongoing debate in the history of language, which is uh, prescriptivist versus descriptivist. And that especially applies to people like Peter Sokolowski and people who put together dictionaries. So a prescriptivist idea is, as you say, the received wisdom. The word... Uh, Hello is spelled H-E-L-L-O because it is. That's the rule. You need to follow it. A descriptivist view would say hello can be spelled H-U-L-L-O because some people pronounce it that way. Now, in the opinion of me and most authorities, the proper thing is somewhere between prescriptivist and descriptivist. In my opinion, and clearly the opinion of Merriam-Webster's, it's a lot closer to descriptivist. And that's that's when he says there is no you know, counsel deciding on things. The goal of a good dictionary is to reflect language as it is used. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. That's, that's, uh, that's, the, that's so, the core of it. So I'll give you two examples from Merriam-Webster's. Uh, about 15 years ago, they added a word to their dictionary, mcjob, M-C-J-O-B. And the meaning of mcjob, I don't have the definition up here, is basically like a crap, you know, they phrased it better, a crappy minimum wage job with limited chances of advancement, you know, based on McDonald's. People started using that term enough that they're like, yeah, this is a word. And McDonald's fucking flipped their lids when that got in the dictionary. And their lawyers sent Merriam-Webster's letters and like, this is offensive. And they're like, Mick Jobs should be in a job with lots of opportunity and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and, and Webster's response was like, don't get mad at us. Like, we didn't decide that McDonald's jobs suck. We are merely reflecting how people use the word Mick Job. What is a word? A word is something that has been used consistently over a period of time to mean the same thing. 
How does that relate to the use of they as a non-specific gender pronoun? Uh, no, sorry, a specific non-gender pronoun. It's important to draw a distinction there. And how do I feel about it? In my honest personal opinion, I don't like it because I find it confusing. Now, a lot of people who say they find this confusing, the clapback from a lot of people, including Merriam-Webster's, is you've been using they as singular for years. They left their cell phone here. Someone left their cell phone here. I hope they come back to pick it up. Right. That's a non-specific person. I have no problem with that. Most people have no problem with that. The dictionary authorities picked up on it a few years ago. Good, fine. That doesn't stop me at all. And I personally know some people who use they. Using they to refer to a specific person. Sam Smith, an acquaintance of mine here in San Francisco, whoever, still stops me and trips me up. And I personally, I wish that somehow as a culture we would have decided on something new to be a non-gender specific pronoun. And people have tried that. One thing that's popular is Z, Z-E. Some people use Z. I won't even say popular. But it hasn't caught on. They, for a specific person, non-binary, non-gender specific, has caught on. And as you say, I am an observer here. I don't get a vote. I am not non-binary. I am cisgender male, blah, blah, blah. So I, my discomfort was not considered in the <laughs> collect, and it shouldn't have. I will quote my mother. I will quote my mother when talking about gay rights. She said, the idea of two men together still makes me uncomfortable. But you know what? My discomfort is no basis for the law. My discomfort is no basis for how people use pronouns. So do I wish someone had picked up on that, that we collectively as a culture had picked up on something other than they? Yes. Do I still trip up when I hear they prefer, refer to a specific person? Yes. Will I get used to it? I'm sure I will. Do I care? No. In fact, I'm glad if people are more comfortable in using something that makes them feel more who they are. Also new is they as a non-binary gender neutral pronoun and dad joke, a wholesome, <laughs> corny or unfunny joke with a predictable Pun or punchline. Why? Okay, well, I guess there are two questions here. Why did they become the non-gender specific singular individual pronoun of choice? And why uh, is Merriam-Webster is adding it now? Well, I think the choice of the word was up to the people who adopted it. And I assume that yeah, it... Yeah, but, but why this and not Z or oh, I don't, the other... Well, because th th that's an invention. Those things, uh, my, my conjecture is just that those are inventions. Those are sounds that don't... You're, right. you're, maybe it just, it just wasn't catchy. What, I think inventing a word for English as often as we, we actually do that all the time, it's hard to... Yeah. You know, we, we, can, we can make argot and we can make jargon and calcs and all those things. But to have something that you invent a word that's another pronoun, um, I know that the Swedes have done that. Um, yes, yes. That. They invented it, and it caught on. Yeah, it, ca yeah. it worked in Sweden. It worked in Sweden. Very, very unusual because it's like I can't necessarily, not that it could never happen, but I just can't see how it happened because there's certain parts of the English language that we look at as being inviolate. And um, I mean, you can degrade them a little bit, but you can't sort of add a whole new word. I mean, I don't know. When was the, when was the last time they opened the books to put a new pronoun in? It's like probably been 600 years or so. So it's just not the kind of thing that's going to wiggle right. around. I don't have, you know, yeah. I honestly don't have much of an opinion on like why the word that. They, other than the fact that, again, they is the word everyone was familiar with, and it made sense to the committee who uh, drafted the legislation, let's put it that way. And more people adopted it and said, oh, they is, they the, is, they is the way this is going to go. But, you know, what I, the, the popularity, though, being the operative word here, what I really 
am emboldened by is the I guess what you call it it's an identity moment you know which is which is yeah. sort of roaring to life after uh, being after years of either being ignored repressed or even just um, disregarded as something that there weren't words for even though of course I believe there were words for these things they just didn't enter our vocabulary right. we didn't understand what they were and not we're not just talking about the little fine point of apparently which that some languages on earth in fact a good many of them Indonesian languages Quechua don't use gendered pronouns to begin with they you know that's just not a build of their language as it was for the Germanic sort of romantic languages that came out of Europe um, however many thousands of years ago but the the identity moment this thing that is that is crystallizing in front of us um, has this purpose and so uh, I mean I was being I was being facetious when I said to the committee that drafted the legislation but to a degree you, right. you do have a people caught on and it's like you look left and you looked right and you saw those people are using this word and I agree and they they describe my situation and therefore I'm adopting it as well from people who have a like mind I have to assume you know and all we can do other than just sitting back shutting up getting the fuck out of it is um blessing the use in small ways by by adopting it ourselves too well yeah by by respecting people's preference yeah simply because i've been using the word for 44 years in one respect i trip over it too not because i i'm not you know thinking that men dressed as women are trying to get to north carolina toilets but just (laughs) just because i've used the word for my entire life to to sort of to to defuse or sort of cut the wires on she or he in some people's cases and add they is just a learning it's an educational uh, you know semiotic learning experience i will do it i will get over it it doesn't matter it honestly doesn't fucking matter does any of that strike you as being halfway valid or or three-quarter asked (laughs) sure (laughs) uh yeah no i agree uh i mean we needed something you know, there's bigger questions here. It's like, why is, I don't want to say non-binary having a moment, because I don't think it's a moment. I think it's the beginning of something. Uh, why are they having more mainstream visibility? And yes, more mainstream acceptance. We are in the midst of a protracted cultural war right now. You know, things have been changing for decades. And then the more petulant conservative forces have been fighting back. You know, you have to wonder if this would happen so much if we didn't have the president we had now. But it's sort of pushing things to the extreme. Yeah. It's making people say, fuck you. I'm going to be me. You don't tell me I'm fucking wrong. So it's it's forced uh, people to, to stand up for their rights a little more and stand up for their preferences and stand up for their identity and stand up for all sorts of things in a more forceful way. Now, why they as opposed to Z or anything else or hen, which is the pronoun that Sweden came up with? I don't know. No, no pronoun stepped up. You know, and right. I mean, nothing caught on. I mean, it's possible if some celebrity had gotten out there and said, my pronoun is hen, it would have caught on. Um, Do you know who Justin Vivian Bond is? Sure do. Justin Vivian Bond is a transgender person, performer in New York, best known for the at one time Broadway duo Kiki and Herb playing this character of Kiki. Bond prefers the pronoun V. The letter V. And I struggled with that a bit when I was copied our time at New York because we would write about Bond quite a bit. And I pushed back on V. Now, I I wasn't quite ready for they then either, but my point was like, I don't think one person gets to unilaterally decide on a pronoun. You know, Justin Vivian Bond could say V, the next person could say R, the next person could say X, and eventually you just have, you know, alphabet soup of the language. I don't want to get into the specifics of, of, of Justin Vivian Bond, but I will say that if Bond had said, I'm going for V and was a big enough celebrity, maybe it had caught on and maybe everyone says V. And at a certain point, fine. The masses went out. It's V. Just like well, that, that's the way the language, they, the mass, language works right, that way. But no, yeah. 
Right, but no one stepped up. Nothing stepped up. They filled the breach because it was a word people were using and was out there, and and it had the similar role of referring to a singular, non-specific person. Somebody left their cell phone. I hope they come back to get it. So it was there. It was around, and and we needed something. People needed something, and they picked that up, and they found it. I like to be referred to as many things. It's really about what sort of feels good to our ears when we hear it. Noah, would you have liked the word they as a kid? Yes. If I were a kid now, I'd still be cisgender male, still be heterosexual, I'm pretty sure. But I think it's entirely possible I would prefer the pronoun they. And here's why. I was very much, you know, people always accused me, and yes, accused, of being gay when I was a kid because I was artsy, I was sensitive, I was not an athlete. And actually, and what you're saying, it, it was an accusation. You're actually not wrong about that. That was totally an accusation. Yeah. Uh, you know, even though I, and I thought about it. I literally sat down. I'm like, do I want to be with a boy? No, uh, I'm obsessed with tits. So there's your answer. Um, so, but I think I would have adopted they because even though I was cisgender, blah, 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 I had this like mild fascination with homosexuality and I wanted to know what it was about and I wanted to meet gay people and I met a gay kid at camp and a gay counselor at camp and I was like proud of that. I probably fetishized them a little bit. Sorry. I think I would have done it just to go, yeah, that's right. I stand up for gay rights. I stand up for non-gender binary rights. And I think I would have adopted the they just to just to, just to tweak people a little, or just as a way of saying solidarity. Uh, side note, you know, the first time I was asked to declare, I went to a party and someone was like, let's go around the room and say our, our pronouns. And I did it because what was I going to do? Say no, but I rolled my eyes a little inside because I'm like, look at me. Like, uh, isn't it obvious? But the point of someone like me or you stating our pronouns isn't because it's not obvious. It's solidarity. It's you want to make people for whom it's not obvious feel comfortable. And if everyone does it, that's the way you do it. And when I email people, it's not obvious. People can't see my face. So my email sign-off now says he, him. But let's get back to me as a kid. I think I would have done the they, them just to tweak people and just as a way to say, like, yeah, I stand up for this, right? Interesting. Okay. Uh, I met a guy here uh, who told me his nephew, very much a boy, but has started asking people to call her she. And this guy told me he thinks his nephew... He thinks his nephew is just doing it just to razz people. Part of him rolls his eyes, but on the other hand, he's like, isn't this nice that, like, if we did, can you imagine that? If I, like, tried to razz people when we were 15 by saying, call me she, I would have been shoved in so many fucking lockers. I would have had a wedgie pulled up to my brain. But the fact that a kid now can, like, feel bold enough, a boy can feel, presumably he's a boy, if this guy is being accurate could feel comfortable enough to say, call me she, and not fear, like, absolute ostracization, that shows you that stereotypes are breaking down, that males are being more encouraged to show their female side, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though it's kind of ridiculous, maybe it's ridiculous, so maybe maybe she's sincere. I don't know. I don't know this kid. Right. Uh, it just it shows that fluidity is more accepted, and that— that's a positive thing. Yeah, you know, I uh, can concretely say that I would have been one of those people who bristled uh, 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 on the concept of the alteration of language. But that would have been a paint job for reactionary ideas because I was not uh, open-minded as a younger person. I would have looked at it as being weird, unnatural, all sorts of shit. 
I can say that clearly because, you know, I, I had a revelation. You know, my eyes, the scales fell off my eyes about these things. Uh, I think it was late teenage years, maybe early 20s, that sort of thing, um, where I kind of got my head on straight, where I, I, it, it re- I realized altogether, it's like, what am I, um, what am I judging this, uh, this, this base? What, what basis am I judging this on? Uh, but as a kid, I probably would have used just the idea that it's it's sacrosanct, that we cannot go around changing the meanings. But but you know what it really would have been uh, about if I had said that. I think you would have heard the tone of my voice and understood there's a little bit of mean-spiritedness. And maybe that's the point why I feel so sensitive about it today, watching other people do this out in the market, as it were, because I understand the impulse to do this and I hear the sound of it. And I'm like, I know what that sound is. That sound is the sound I once made of where you're trying to um, cudgel people over the head. You're trying to hit them a little bit. And it's like, I don't appreciate that. And I'm a little too close to it. Uh, As, you know, if I had not had some sort of grand opening of my uh, belief system and some sort of, you know, realizing the permutations of humanity, I could have been just like them as a, as a crooked, crouched over adult who was just trying to, you know, smush <laughs> marginalized people back into holes, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, not not my proudest moment, but um, yeah, it, it, this is easier to talk about when we're discussing music or something because it's, it's easier to say. It didn't involve being closed-minded so much like this does. So you think if you were a kid now, you'd be, clo- you'd be somewhat closed-minded to this concept. You would be dismissive at least to some extent. I mean, I don't think you'd be like, you know, trans bashing or anything, but you would be dismissive of they. Yeah, I think so because I have to assume that I. You suck, man. You I suck. am a fucking social villain. Yeah. <laughs> I am confused. You shouldn't be confused, Yuki. Sorry. It's really not that hard, you guys. There's only 63 pronouns. 63 pronouns? Yes. And it's important before speaking to anyone that you ask. What is your preferred gender pronoun? I have to ask everyone that? Yes, of course. Uh, Is the emergence of they, the new meaning of they, whatever it might be, uh, is that any way a sign of the apocalypse? No, of course not. End of story. I mean, it's such a primal thing. This is not a choice. I mean, this is, we can have the same argument, not me and you, but I'm saying. It is a choice. No, but. The t- yes, it's the a word to be non-binary. It's a choice to use they. It's a choice for the dictionary to add they. There are choices here. Well, I don't think being non-binary is a choice. I think that no, but is that's not th- what we're talking about. The topic no, I know, today I know. isn't non-binary. The topic yes. is the fucking pronoun. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I know what you're saying. But it's like I can't talk about one without thinking about the rationale for the other. You know, the word they right, is just okay. a, is a stand-in right. for me for for all sorts of other things. But no, I mean it's a solution. It's a fucking solution. And, you know, it seems to be a well-ratified solution by the people for whom it, it, it works. It's been, you know, tested by underwriters' laboratories. It's uh, parve okay. for uh, Passover. It's kosher. It's halal. It's all these things. It's and, halal. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh. It's like it works. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, there's, there's no way this could possibly be a sign of the apocalypse. Like so many things in life— that I'm, I'm too old. I'm not going to brook any intolerance from people. I'm not going to take... There's no contrary position to this that I'm going to sit in the room and listen to. I will walk away and or throw a glass of Chardonnay in your face if somebody pushes back on this. That's all there is to it. It's, it's really not that complex. Yeah, I agree. This is not a sign of the apocalypse. It's only a sign of the apocalypse. And I've probably said this uh, to... to uh, in reference to some other topics before, 
if it pushes the cultural war to ketosis and the explosion. People are right to do it anyway because the side that's pushing for this is in the right. And I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to argue that these people should just sit down and shut up for the good of humanity because they've been sitting down and shutting up for too long. But it's only a sign of the apocalypse if it leads to a backlash that gets us in deeper than we were before. It's a risk that I'm not going to tell people not to take. Uh, although I will say this, you said earlier it's long overdue, the decision on the part of the dictionary, and I don't agree. I don't think it had the force of usage so that the dictionary could add it. Like I say, I had ba- basically not heard of this till five years ago. So I would have argued against adding they to the dictionary to mean this five years ago because it just wasn't used enough. Yeah, I, I right? guess I just mean— If the con- we're going to be descriptivist about it. I mean the, con- like the-, the construction is what I more mean. Something that I've learned through this process is that a lot of people want to be respectful and use the correct pronouns for people, but they're just not really sure how they, them pronouns actually work. And they also are struggling with just— trying to figure out how to get used to using they, them pronouns in practice. Noah, is there any facet of this that makes you jealous, my friend? Uh, I'm a little jealous that I wasn't free to wave my freak flag, as it were, when I was young, even though in hindsight my freak flag wasn't as freaky as I thought it was. Um, But that's it. No jealousy. What about you? <laughs> you know, if I was an ancient old queer person who had made made oh my, yeah totally who had made my entire life through the tough times and the salad days, and was somehow at the end of the rope, and all of a sudden, you know, it, the next generation gets to have this thing that you've known, yeah. you know, you've you've known the frisson of what it was, but there was no there's no actual standardized way of doing it. I would be intensely jealous. At the same time, be happy for the people who get to adopt it. But wow. on the other hand, the uh, this is the beauty of it, right? This is not about me because there's no part of me in any way, shape, or form that you'd consider NB, as they call them, non-binary. However, that's why it's great because it's not about me. This is, yeah. you know, the older I get, man, I love being just I, seeing that, well, understanding the world I grew up in was built for me. I was the heir apparent as the white dude, the white male dude, uh, you know, who could just yeah. walk into any room and get a cab anywhere you want, get a table. Pretty much, you know, people will look at me if I'm wearing a suit jacket and a pocket square. People will look to me as some sort of authority on something. It's amazing how much power <laughs> these arbitrary things confer to me, but they do. And so the nice thing is, is that for whatever that arbitrary bullshit is, this is like something that has nothing to do with me. This has taken place. Again, no one consulted us, Noah. No one asked us. We were not brought in on the committee for this thing. And you just sort of sit back and say, I trust that this is going the way it should. I trust that this is a great decision. And a lot of learned people put a lot of emotional time and thought and effort and you know critical thinking into this. And this is what they come up with. And I'm just going to sit back, man, and watch it in front of me. I'm not I'm jealous. I'm pr- I'm happy and and delighted that there's finally you know that we're, if we're going to codify this. Then we're going to get to that point where people can agree on what it's supposed to be. But there's mm-hmm. no no jealousy, you know. But I have to disagree with you that people didn't spend a lot of time. I mean, I guess the Webster's people spent a lot of time thinking about it, but the emergence of they wasn't about thought. It was organic. Yeah. It was because yeah. something was needed. Z wasn't around enough. Hen hadn't wasn't in America. None of the other things people have attempted for non non binary uh, non gender uh, pronouns were well known enough. So they was lying around. The fact that it came organically. This is the beauty of language that it yeah. reflects who we are and how we are and. 
It reflects the real world, and it is eminently democratic in that sense. And that brings us to uh, the final uh, little <laughs> cherry on top, Noah, the Fallonian scale, which is, it seems facetious to do this in relation to the Jimmy Fallon scale. Jimmy Fallon, who is uh, uh, history's greatest dumpster fire, the, the person <laughs> that every civilization on planet Earth, there was uh, uh, etchings in the side of Egyptian temples saying, beware the day that Jimmy Fallon ascends to the Today Show throne. And they were right. Um, Today Show? Oh, uh, my no, God. Tonight, the Today Show. <laughs> And the today, yeah, that's happening. Don't worry, it's happening. Oh soon. my God, soon he will host every TV show. <laughs> every show. So uh, where does they fall on the Fallonian scale? With Jimmy Fallon at the nadir, and uh, uh, you know, sunlight and Jesus and white bread being at the top of the of the uh, spectrum. It, no, it's pretty high up. It's a positive thing that asks very little of us, takes up very little space. Do you compare this to the stuff at the top? Because it's not entertainment, as it were. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I believe this one. It's definitely at the top, near the top, by the top, close to the top, adjacent to the top. Yeah, it's it's hard not to. It, it is. It's really difficult to. I mean, you can't really compare a poke bowl to uh, Sean Mendez, but we do for the sake of the show. <laughs> I think this is uh, this. There's an old. That's an old aphorism. You can't compare <laughs> a poke bowl to Sean Mendez. To Sean Mendez. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely put it at the top too, even though it is uh, so much more primacy and, and sort of more paramount in the culture in, in a way that is our frivolities like sports stacking and slime don't really hold the same weight as a word that would like hopefully solve an existential uh, uh, question. But yeah, I, I will agree with you. It's definitely at the top. We will refer back to it in glowing terms. Yes. Death Note, uh, Key and Peel, and They are, are you know at the top of the pyramid for this. You know, Death Note, Key and Peel, and They. Yeah, that's my memoir. All right, take us home, my friend. Well, that's the end of the show. Uh, so if you'd like to find past episodes, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, at Noah and Bill Show. That's on Twitter, the one with the little bird. Write to us, noahandbilldontgetit at gmail.com. No one has yet, so I don't think anyone's going to. But it does have an email address. It's, I, it's pretty. I like it. It's nice. Uh, give us a review on, on iTunes, whatever the thing is. I am on Twitter, at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube, my video scrivenings and scrawlings, youtube.com slash amcaesar. And Noah, what about you, buddy? The big quiz thing, bigquizthing.com, corporate and private trivia events, coast to coast, nationwide. We're in the midst of a very busy fall. Uh, Next week, we have have three events of three different states on the same day. It's been a while since we've done that. We're hitting Louisiana, New York, and Nevada. This is this is your own form of Super Tuesday. I I have this weird uh, obsession with like the states we've performed in, and I got a little map on my computer. It's but uh, also this fall we're uh, we're doing public events uh, for the first time in a while in both New York and San Francisco. We start a residency at QED Astoria in Queens on October second. Every event there will be themed. The first one will be uh, DC versus Marvel in honor of uh, New York Comic Con. Tickets are available now. Go to bigquizzing.com. And then starting October 16th, we'll be doing outdoor events in the spanking new, beautiful Salesforce Park. I want to I want to see district. that, man. I looked down on the map. It's going to really be curious. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I am going to be hosting that first event, October 16th, 7 p.m. And that is free to play. Just show on up. Uh, details on that at bigquizzing.com as well. And then you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and all that. We're talking to you, John Jung, and we're talking to you, Susie Sherman, people who are actually out in the Bay Area. You could you could yes. touch the hem of the garment. Noah's red papal loafers. 
He will be there, and you could bathe in his reflected light, his Raphaelite light. Right. By the way, you mentioned Susie Sherman. She just dropped the first episode of her new podcast, and I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's called And the Next Thing You Know, and it's all about anxiety, so you'd love it, Bill. I would. I, I'm an anxious person. Okay, so until the ants, the giant killer ants in the 1954 movie, <laughs> them, change their name to they... Uh, we will not get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2019.